Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we recognize your power and omniscience, but we thank you for your love. Thank you for this love that's so amazing and beyond our understanding that we remember the day that the Son of God was murdered as, as Good Friday. Please speak through Pastor Paul as he shares your word. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. Help us to cherish the healing we receive through his wounds. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today we will see the second and the final trial of Jesus before his crucifixion. The first trial was a Jewish trial before Sanhedrin. The second trial was a Roman trial before Pilate, the governor or prefect of Judea. So let's read our text, Mark chapter 15, verse 1 to 15. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus and led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was a custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man named Barabbas was in prison with an insurrectionist who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall, I, what shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and they handed him over to crucified. Let me give some background information first and get to the reflections. Romans were great administrators who not only conquered a vast territory of a different people, but also colonized the diverse regions with astute policies. For instance, for instance, they allowed many local communities self-governing as much as possible. But when it comes to capital punishment, Romans had a tight reign and did not share the ultimate power over death with none of its subject. That's why today Jewish leaders have to bring Jesus before Pilate. Sanhedrin already charged Jesus with a blasphemy against God which according to Mosaic tradition was to be stoned to death, but they couldn't execute Jesus, for they don't have political power to do that. For that, Sanhedrin has to convince Pilate 
Pilate, or commonly we call Pontius Pilate, was a governor of Judea, Samaria, and Idumea from 26 to 36, roughly, uh, after Christ. He had a bad, a bad relationship with the Jewish people throughout his tenure. For instance, when Pilate came to Jerusalem, he placed a Roman banner with a painting of Caesar Tiberius, his boss, on the top of the temple and provoked many Jews, many Jews. He also took, later, some money from the Jerusalem temple treasury to pay off the, the aqueduct that he built. He thought it's for the Jewish people, so you should pay for it. But once again, Jewish leaders were very adamant and vehemently protested because he touched the temple money. Therefore, the uh, first verse that says that Sanhedrin made a plans to convince Pilate to execute Jesus for them was an understatement because here they were dealing with a, an almost anti-Semitic governor. Also, Jewish trial was a different from a Roman trial in that while Sanhedrin listened to and verify the coherence or harmony of witnesses by a group of judges. Roman trial was based solely on the convincing investigation of a judge. So Sanhedrin had to plan thoroughly to convince the Roman governor. By the way, the fact that they came to Pilate early in the morning confirms the historical accuracy of today's event because Roman officials studied their judicial cases right after sunrise and usually ended right before lunch or siesta. We also need to remember that, uh, that the account of Jesus' conduct before Roman authority was of primary importance to Mark's readers. Why? They were facing trials of their own faith, as Jesus clearly said in Mark 13, chapter 13, verse 9 to 13, that his followers would be handed over. Jewish leaders brought Jesus with a charge of high treason, high treason. They construed the blasphemy of Jesus politically, as if Christ or Messiah was competing with a Caesar and challenging his authority. That's why Pilate first asked Jesus, Are you the king of Jews? in verse 2. And Jesus gave very ambiguous reply, You have said so. It's like we oftentimes we say, If you said so. That's not yes nor no. That's the only thing that Jesus said in his Roman trial in the Gospel of Mark. When Pilate asked him again in the verse 4, Jesus made a no reply in verse 5, and Pilate was amazed. Why was Jesus silent? Because Jesus was fulfilling that Isaiah 5, the prophecy of Isaiah 53, 7, which says, the suffering servant of the Lord would be obedient and silent like a lamb. Isaiah 53, 7 said, 
he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his, his assurers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Twice, Isaiah 53 says, The suffering servant was silent and silently obedient. This morning, I want us to now focus on two reflections. That is a response of a pilot and end result of his act. First, Mark did not portray Pilate positively at all in his gospel. At least Matthew mentioned Pilate's wife's warning from, uh, uh, from her dream or nightmare and Pilate's you know, vacillation, wavering, and then public declaration of Jesus' innocence by washing of his hand. And Luke rendered an extensive picture of Pilate's investigation, including Pilate's sending of Jesus to Herod on the, on the pretext of a jurisdiction. John describes Pilate's interest and attempts to release Jesus. Mark gave rather a very brief and terse rendition of a Pilate's act. Pilate was definitely amazed by Jesus' silence and clearly knew that, according to verse 10, it was out of self-interest the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. Yet Pilate did not care about the truth nor justice at the end cave into the political game and popular pressure. Verse 15, wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them, and he had a Jesus flock, and they handed him over to be crucified. To Pilate, Jesus was just another unfortunate victim of a selfish people. Nothing but a tragic, innocent casualty of a power game. Pilate did not care, nor consider using his power for justice and helping the innocent. Now, how about us? When we hear news of a desperate migrants at our border, do we feel do we feel it just the same old news? Or another political game piece to criticize the uh, the criticize a former president or a current president, depending on our political taste? Do we see stories like that? With the heart of Jesus. How do we go about our own call of justice in our own life? when we have to go an extra mile for the powerless yet needy? Do we ignore and rush to our daily routine or do we pause and even sacrifice some of our comfort? There is a pilot in all of us in that we are so accustomed to calculate our self-interest as a highest priority. This morning, let us confess the pilot in us, and let us even ask God to reveal any pilot in us so that we can repent. What is the end result of a pilot's self-serving act here? 
there are two. One, Pilate was forever remembered as the one who tortured Jesus, although we all participated and we all did, and we still do through our sin. But Pilate's name became a synonym of all sinners. In Apostles' Creed, his name was associated with the suffering of Christ. Remember Apostles' Creed? I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who was conceived, conceived of a Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. And then what? Suffered under Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was the only human name in the Apostles' Creed. I mentioned the Dorothy Sayers, a book, Man Born to be a King, very imaginative uh, play about the life of Jesus. And the Bible doesn't tell us the, the content of a pilot's wife nightmare. And Dorothy Thayer imaginatively uh, told us in that book. She said her warning, her nightmare was, Husband, in my dream, I heard everybody, including little children, singing a sad song. The Savior suffered under Pontius Pilate. Everywhere, everyone is singing, Savior, suffer under Pontius Pilate. So don't do it, my husband. You will be vilified forever. Once again, Pilate is not the only culpable. He is a representative of all of us. Did he know that he would be remembered like this for the rest of history? The second result of a Pilate's act was, I think, is far more relevant to all of us. That was the release of a violent criminal. Verse 7, a man named Barabbas was in prison with an insurrectionist who had committed murder in the uprising. Matthew tells us his name was Jesus Barabbas. Matthew 27, uh, 16 says, at the time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus, Joshua Barabbas. So here, we have two Joshuas, Joshua Barabbas and Joshua of Nazareth. And here is a great irony. An innocent death of Jesus of Nazareth, the guilty Jesus, the other Jesus, was released. The name Barabbas means son of a father. Bar in Hebrew means son. Bar Jonah, you know, son of Jonah, Simon, Abbas, that's the uh, daddy or father. Bar Rabbas, Bar Abbas, son of a father. Who is the real son of the father, the father of all? That is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was condemned and killed. So that Jesus Barabbas, the criminal, was commuted and freed. We are the Barabbas. Because Jesus died, we are freed. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, because we know the ending of the story, it is tempting us to ignore the darkness of this day. It is tempting us 
to go about our business as usual. It is tempting for us to move too quickly to Easter morning. But now give us a courage and strength on this day to live for a while in the darkness, to set aside comfort and pleasure, to fill the darkness in which so many of your children dwell, the darkness into which your son, Jesus, entered. As we reflect on the pain and shame of Christ, remind us about what our sin still causes you every day. As we cringe at the suffering of Christ, make us mindful of suffering throughout the world. As we witness the death of Christ, bring us to the wonder of your undying love and unfathomable sacrifice. In the most holy name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen.